Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 93 of Let's Go Racing with David Scott. Tyler Jones here, which is so glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be joined by Caitlin Patrick. to get an inside scoop of what's going on with the NASCAR Pickies series, as well as what's happening with the NASCAR world in Canada. We will head north to the border when Caitlin joins us in just a few moments from right now. Before we do, today's show is presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year, and David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fancy get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, how are we doing? Man, doing good, man. Just uh, excited to... Talk to all you guys and uh, check in with Kayla and see what's going on in Canada. And, uh, uh, man, it's uh, been a busy weekend so far. Had a busy weekend. And, uh, man, just uh, trying to slow down a little bit, Tyler, and uh, enjoy these Christmas holidays, man. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, we were, what, you know, about just over a week away from uh, from Christmas. And, and uh, you know, just this time of year is uh, pretty special. Isn't it? Oh, it's a wonderful time of year, you know. It's uh, – you know, for for me, I don't know for you guys. It's just a happy. It's just for me. I love it. I, I like I like you know just the, everybody's happy. Christmas lights are everywhere. Christmas carols and uh, you know it's just for me. It's a happy time of year and uh, I love it, man. It's my favorite time of year and uh, lots going on though. You know, even with Christmas and all the Christmas parties and everything happening. You know, there's still a lot to work. There's a lot of work going on. A lot of deals being put together and just. You know, you, uh, man, our racing business, as you guys know, it's just, uh, you know, it don't really ever slow down just because we're not getting on an airplane going to a racetrack, uh, doesn't mean that we're, 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 that we're not busy with, with the business side of things. But, uh, I, I had an opportunity. I went to, um, fill a Reading, Pennsylvania this past weekend and my good, good friends of mine, Missy and Rich Fix, uh, their daughter, uh, Kendra got married to a good man named Josh and, uh, They've been longtime partners of ours, um, uh, and uh, so that was a lot of fun. It was a little bit of a nightmare to get back to Texas, but uh, but all in all, it was a great weekend. That's awesome. That's uh, that's great. And uh, Dominic, we are sixty-seven days away from the Daytona Five Hundred as we bring wow. in Dominic Conagon from the RacingExperts.com, uh, one of our co-hosts here. And and Dom, I mean, that sixty-seven day stretch, kind of like what David was talking about here. I mean, we're seeing deals still happen. We'll do our news and notes segments later. But, I mean, it's crunch time for a lot of these teams when it comes to still finding rides in the lower series and sponsors. A lot going on right now. Well, yeah, a lot of question marks. And, and I've always compared this time, and, and David, I'm sure absolutely you can relate being in the industry even more so than all of us. This is like your guys' summer vacation from school. You guys have such a two- to three-month little break, and then you're right back in the thick and the grind of everything for a whole nine to ten months. So, yeah, there's not a lot of time left, Tyler. We have just a few weeks. We're about nine weeks away from the start of the season in Daytona, and there's a lot of big names that haven't really announced anything. And, and I think right now at the time of the taping of this podcast, Haley Deegan is towards the top of that list. Where's she going? What's going to happen? But we'll talk more about that in the news and notes segment. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That's just, uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, when heard some, you know, that there's so many drivers uh, that, that, that we hadn't heard from and, and they hadn't made their announcement where they're racing in 2023, but, uh, but it's a busy time of year and it's, uh, you know, everybody likes to slow down, enjoy the holidays, enjoy their families. 
but man, you, uh, the business of our, of our sport doesn't ever really slow down, you know? So, uh, but anyway, it's just, well, hopefully everybody's having a good time and enjoying it. And, uh, and, and, and they're also taking care of the business stuff. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, that'll be a uh, big deal. And so with that, uh, Dominic, uh, before we uh, introduce our first guest to the uh, show, our, our guest this week, tell us about uh, our new partner here. Yeah, Let's Go Racing is proud to announce we have partnered with Olipop Beverages. Olipop is a new can of soda loaded with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fiber. You can get a discount ordering Olipop on their website using the code DAVIDSTAR or Let's Go 15 to get a 15% discount off your order at drinkolipop.com. Olipop, a new kind of soda. And, and I got to tell you guys, I, you know, I've, I've been drinking it for months and we reached out to them and they're partnering with our show and they have 13 different flavors. I have the strawberry vanilla in hand. They have a root beer flavor, a Dr. Goodwin. They have a lot of good flavors. So really looking forward to this partnership and seeing what it's going to bring. A Dr. what? So instead of Dr. Pepper, right, it's competitor, Dr. Goodwin, which is named after the beverage company's founder, Ben Goodwin. Very awesome, cool. Man. That's awesome. cool. Yeah. Uh, glad to have them on board as our uh, newest uh, partner here on the show. Uh, Dominic, uh, our guest this week, uh, you and I had the uh, privilege to meet actually in Daytona. And we'll see her again actually here in just, you know, 60 some odd days here. And uh, Caitlin Patrick does uh, an incredible job there uh, up north of the border. But uh, big of a NASCAR fan as you'll find, right, Dominic? Oh, 100%. We got to meet her over the NASCAR Speed Weeks, her and Jordan Buster out of Daytona. I believe actually Daytona 500 day. So we got to talk in NASCAR. We wanted to bring her on the podcast. And and here we are getting to bring her on the, on the show. And Caitlin, she's got some good history when it comes to covering the sport and motorsports in general. She has a background in journalism and media. She's gotten to work with Can Race, YouTube page that covers NASCAR Pinty Series action as well as working for NASCAR Canada with social media, digital content, and as a communication manager. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us this weekend here on Let's Go Racing. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That was uh, quite the intro. <laughs> well, when you've got a lot of credentials and a lot of experience, we, we certainly have to, to at least spotlight those. And, and, and one of our favorite things to do when we get started on the show is we always ask our guests to take us back to the beginning and, and where it started for you in motorsports. Where did that passion or, or where did the drive to ultimately work in motorsports, where did that come from? Um, so one thing that actually shocks a lot of people when they ask that is that I didn't get into racing until 2014, wow. which would have been my senior year of high school. I watched, uh, well, I guess it would have been 2013. It was Jimmy Johnson's sixth championship, was watching Homestead Miami race and was like, oh, watching with my stepdad. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like. Like, I like these athletes, like, they're really, like, into racing, or not, obviously, they're into racing, but they, like, they treat themselves like an at, like athletes, and I took a liking to Jimmy Johnson, because I was like, oh, man, he really is, like, the pinnacle of this sport right now, um, and then June 2014, I actually went to my first race for my stepdad's 50th birthday, which was at Pocono, and Dale Jr. actually won it, which was really cool, didn't understand the significance of seeing a junior win at the time, didn't really know what it was about, but looking back on it now, I'm glad to say I got to see it. And it kind of just steamrolled from there. It went, uh, I was in my first year of journalism school at that point and was like, okay, now I want to start covering um, sports and really want to cover racing. Like I really want to be on this pit road every single Sunday. Like this is what I want to do. And then 
like I said, just kind of steamrolled from there. Um, finished, I had a three-year journalism degree. Uh, I was an accelerated program. So I finished in June, 2017. And then that summer, Bryce Turner, who was in charge of Can Race at the time, reached out and asked if I wanted to join him that summer for the NASCAR Pinty season and cover a few races there and join him and Stephen Ellis. And I did that for two years and took over a big chunk of the um, the content duties and the hosting duties because uh, Stephen ended up having to move out west. And then uh, I think I did, I want to say like maybe like three quarters of that season. I think I went to all but maybe four races. Went down to the first race in New Hampshire for the full throttle weekend, which was our which was the series first race out of Canada, which was really cool. Uh, and then March or April of 2019, um, I had been sending my resume out to a bunch of people in the series, to our series director, Sherry Putnam, to just anyone I knew who was involved in the series, just kind of looking for a way in. And eventually I found my way in. And that was through my boss, Josh Hamilton, who is the, I believe he's the director or manager of racing communications for NASCAR now. So I work under him and I've been doing it ever since. And it's it's evolved a little bit since 2019, um, where in 2019, I was mostly just kind of assisting him and understanding the landscape of what NASCAR in Canada was and uh, working on social media and some content and now kind of running the whole ship. That's awesome. Uh, so Caitlin, for you, I mean, you, you and I, I think we're about the same age. Uh, and it sounds like that your acceleration to the sport moved pretty fast. Yeah, it was like within, I want to say, two years of kind of falling in love with the sport and getting into it. Um, I found my foot in the door and got um, got media credentials. My first media credential was actually very daunting. It was for the Toronto Honda Indy race. So walking in my first day as a credentialed member of media in a NASCAR, in a racing garage wasn't just up against the likes of Alex Tagliani and Kevin Lacroix and L.P. Dumlin, but was bumping, <laughs> bumping shoulders with uh, like Joseph Newgarden and Simon Pagino and Will Power. And it was just like, oh, this is a very like kick you off the deep end kind of feeling. But yeah, and then within two years of that, I had gotten my job with NASCAR. So yeah, very accelerated. Well, congratulations, <clears throat> Caitlin. Man, it's just, uh, man, it's great to see females in our sport. And uh, I love the passion you have for, for, for you know, not just NASCAR, but all of racing, for, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing. Like Tyler was saying, how quickly you climb the ladders. I mean, the, the, you know, it's, it's taken, you know, most people work for NASCAR. <laughs> it takes them a long time before they're actually employed by NASCAR. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool. And, and man, I, I love it when the, the first race you was watching at Homestead and, uh, you know, uh, falling, you know, kind of fall, you know, kind of been able to find you a hero, which is Jimmy Johnson, man. I, it didn't get any better than Jimmy, man. What a great guy. And winning seven championships and at the NASCAR Cup level is just, you know, it's really just unheard of. And I don't think, I don't know if anybody will ever do it like he did it. And, uh, but I'm kind of, I'm curious to uh, learn a little about, about NASCAR in Canada. You know, us Americans, you, we know how big NASCAR is here in the United States, but 
it's really big all over the world. And, uh, you know, I think the Penny, Penny series, uh, you know, I don't know that much about it. And I'm excited that you're on here to learn more about y'all series because it does get a lot of coverage in America. And I hear, you know, we have some drivers in NASCAR here in America that have come from that series. And uh, so it's kind of cool to have you on here and learn a little bit more about, you know, NASCAR in Canada. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys want me to give you just like the lowdown history? Please do. Of it? Please do. Yeah. All right. Um, so what we know today is the NASCAR Penty series originally started as the cast car series back in, I believe, the late 80s, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. Um, NASCAR came in in 2006 and announced that they were going to purchase the series and run it as a like national NASCAR Canada series. And then uh, at the time, it was sponsored by Canadian Tire, and they did races all the way out in British Columbia on the West Coast, out to Riverside International Speedway in Nova Scotia. And the schedule has kind of differed over the years. Like we've raced on airport tarmac. We still race on airport tarmac. We race tight bull rings. We race road courses, street courses. We raced downtown Toronto. Uh, so the diversity in tracks in the series is actually really amazing. I think over the period we've had, I want to say six different champions. Um, we have a four-time champion in the name of Scott Steckley, uh, two three-time champions in Andrew Ranger and LP Doolin, um, a two-time champion in DJ Kennington. And then we've got our newest champion, um, Mark Antoine Cameron. And then we got, who else we got? We got Alex LeBay, Hayden Lapsovich. Um, of course, yeah, you all know Alex LeBay, <laughs> proudly representing us in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, man, and if I'm missing a champion, I'm going to get patronized. So, <laughs> man, I'm pretty sure that's it. Who won last year? LP won. And then, and then we had, um, during COVID, we had a, um, an abbreviated schedule where we just ran six races over three weekends at three different tracks and Jason Hathaway won that championship. So, um, yeah, that should be all the champions. Am I forgetting anybody? Man, I'm going to get bullied if I miss <laughs> <laughs> a champion. So, Kaylee, um, how many, uh, continue on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, ask any questions you so want. How I'm kinda... many, yeah. Tell us, tell us about, so the Penny NASCAR Penny series, how many races are in your series when does it start where does it end and then you had mentioned you so you, not only do y'all have uh, road course races y'all have street courses and then you have bull rings i guess a bull ring is three-eighths of a mile half mile tell us tell us when you're when you're uh what what, what y'all's first race is and uh, how long your series is and how many races are in it and uh it's kind of cool to hear you talk about y'all series. Your, your schedule's very diverse from what I just heard you say. And I think that NASCAR in America is kind of kind of watching what y'all are doing because... Um, I would like to say they copied us on the dirt race. We had announced because, that first. Yeah, um, absolutely. COVID <laughs> got the best of us on that one. But um, I'll just take you guys through, I guess, our 2022 schedule. Okay. Uh, we start the season off in the middle of May at Sunset Speedway uh, the weekend before, uh, I guess for you guys would be Memorial Day long weekend. We call it Victoria Day up here. Okay. Um, and then on Memorial Day weekend, we or no, is Memorial Day the weekend after us? I don't know you guys' holidays. It's like the last full weekend of 
May. I'll have to yeah, double check. Memorial Day here. Memorial yeah. Day, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so on that weekend, which is actually typically in the past when we have started the race, the last couple uh, have started the season. The last couple of years, we've started it that weekend before. Um, that Memorial Day weekend, we race at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, where the NASCAR trucks used to race. Great, um, and great we do, racetrack. Great racetrack. It, Man, over the years, that race, I think that had to be over the you know, over the years one of the most exciting truck race on the schedule because it always came down to the last corner on the last lap you raced that a couple times right i never have i oh, never went never to did. canada no but that's that's an exciting race and what's cool about when you start y'all season there that's really that memorial day weekend is probably the biggest racing weekend of the whole year for us yeah that whole little block oh, right at the end of the may is absolutely is one of it's just racing, racing, racing. And you go from that race for us, and then the next weekend you have the Coke 600. It's like a nice little like appetizer to Absolutely. what's to come at the end of May. Um, so after CCMP at the end of May, we'll typically go to Autodrome Chaudière, which is our first Quebec uh, race of the year, and it's a pretty it's a pretty tight track as well. It's a nice little bullring oval in the middle of in the heart in in the middle of um, uh, just I want to say half an hour south of Quebec City. Okay. Um, and then this year we did our first race out in Newfoundland and Labrador, which required us putting all of our haulers on a ferry and shipping them across like open ocean to this wow. island. In a little bit, uh, I guess I would consider it northern Canada because it's north of like the eastern provinces, uh, and it was a sixteen-hour ferry ride for those guys. Sixteen hours on yep. a ferry. Yep, over wow. open ocean. Wow, so, amazing! It was uh, a huge weekend for us, and I mean, the people of Newfoundland are so amazing. I've never been out there before, and it's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous landscape, just rolling hills and just so much untouched land. It's like, like if you get a chance, like go back and watch some of the broadcasts and like some of the footage from it, because it's like, man, it's just like absolutely gorgeous out there. Like, and we got to do a whole hauler parade from where they dropped the haulers off to the track. So it was that that race was probably my favorite race this season. Um, what kind of racetrack was it, ma'am? It was an oval. It, it was, was oval. yeah. It was actually it's a um it's a part of the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series as well. Okay, cool. So they've been sanctioned, I think, since like the early two thousands. Um, maybe, yeah, I think the early two thousands. Yeah. They've been a weekly track, so they were very excited to have us up there and get to race. They did the um, their weekly series on the Friday, and then we raced the well. We were supposed to race the Saturday, but we got rained out. But um, so then after Eastbound, we'll come back to Ontario and do the uh, we'll race alongside it alongside IndyCar on the streets of downtown Toronto around Exhibition Place, wow. uh, which is our first street course of the year, and then we'll go out west after that, all the way out to Edmonton, Alberta, and which is right nice and close to the Rocky Mountains. So it's like, it's pretty far out there. We used to race like past the Rocky Mountains out in BC, but we haven't since I want to say maybe 2010, 2011. 
Um, so that was the first West we've ever gone, but this year we just went out to Edmonton and then we drive back to Saskatchewan and do a race. And both of those are ovals. Mm -hmm. Um, the race in Saskatchewan is a double header. So we'll do 125 laps and then another 125 laps and they're both full points races. So when you do a double header like that, is that on the same day as mm -hmm. a Saturday and Sunday? No, it's the same day. So we will typically run the first race in like maybe like four o'clock their time uh -huh. and then they'll have maybe about half an hour to an hour depending on what the schedule looks like to fix up their cars make any modifications they want um they gotta roll through tech again so they can't trip it out but yeah. make what they make it raceable if they've been involved in wrecks and make right. any adjustments they want roll through tech and then run it again that's amazing so Caitlin, hi. so there's so how many? If you had a, a number of races in y'all season, is there twenty? What is it? So we got twelve events, thirteen races. Like I said, there's that double header. Okay. Um, the second half of the season, we start off in Trois Rivières, Quebec, which is another street course, which is I would attribute to our Daytona 500, just in the amount of like prestige and tradition and, um fan experience there is there it's really a bucket list race you got to do if you're into racing at all and then this year we got to actually get in our first dirt race at Oshuikan Speedway about a week and a half after that in August how was that I wasn't there I had COVID I was really pissed <laughs> Dang um yeah I got COVID at Trois-Rivières because we were, we were having a little uptick of cases in Canada around that time and Quebec kind of always seems to get hit a little bit worse than Ontario and just got too excited and too close to people in victory lane. <laughs> so, but, um, so it was actually me and our pit road reporter for TSN, Todd Lewis, that both got it. And we were two people that really should be at every single race, but we're in Edoshuikan. Um, so but on TV, it looked great. We had um, Ken Schrader up there. We had Stuart Friesen, who almost won. Oh, wow. He was battling with one of our guys, Trayton Lapsovich, right until the end, like knocked him on the last lap, knocked him out of first, ran a little bit, and then Trayton knocked him right back and took that win. So it was a so great fair. race. Hey, fair game is fair game, right? Robin's racing. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you this, uh, Caitlin. What about the – popularity aspect of the Pinty series and it's just kind of NASCAR and the whole how how invested are Canadians you mentioned TSN I imagine are all the races nationally televised on on TSN kind of what's the the, the popularity and the, and the coverage of the, of the sport like uh, both the from from down here uh, you know with our three series and the Pinty series both uh, up there so um our series will air or will stream live on tsn.ca who is our our partner and is the um official sponsor uh, or not official sponsor is the official broadcaster of nascar in canada so they will actually spawn they will actually broadcast the cup and xfinity races they don't broadcast trucks um i can't remember the exact reason why i think it's an issue with either the entitlement spot i i can't remember why there there's a reason in why they can't sponsor the trucks but, um, and then they'll take our broadcasts, we stream live, to clarify again, um, on tsn.ca. And then um, we have a producer, Joel Robinson, who makes amazing 
condensed broadcasts, uh, condensed versions of those broadcasts, and they will typically go out tape delayed a week later. So a week after we've, you know, raced GP3R, we'll be watching the broadcast back while we're getting ready for a weekend. But it's this, it's this beautifully edited and produced um, snippet of this or full broadcast race broadcast, but beautifully produced and edited by Joel. Um, and then down in the States, we are partnered with Flow Racing. So all of our races will stream live on Flow as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin, how many teams compete in the Penny Series? How many teams do we got? Um, I want to say we have um, so our average car count this year was about 25. So we'd have about 25, um, like 24, 25. We, I think our lowest was 20 at one of our ovals. And then we got up to, I think, 28 at our last road course of the year, which was CTMP on Labor Day weekend. Right. Um, and actually, no, that, yeah, that sounds about right. We got so, so, so many numbers in that, so many car counts. but. Um, I want to say, so we have Ed Hackinson Racing, who typically house three to four cars. Uh, 22 Racing, that had two full-time cars and then housed Stuart Friesen this year for Osh Weekend. Uh, we got Doolin Competition, who houses LP Doolin full-time. And then um, JF Doolin and a couple of one-offs, they'll, they'll house LP Montour for... Uh, the road course races, so that's EHR 22 Racing, Doomlin. Um, We got White Motorsports that had, I believe, I want to say four cars this year. Um, we got new team that won the championship. This was their first season, and they came out and won the championship, which is Pie Racing Team. Um, we have a few smaller teams like Jacomes Racing. We have Jim Bray, uh, Jim Bray Auto Sports. Who else do we got? Um, I feel like that's the, oh, we have DJK Racing, uh, which is DJ Kennington's racing team. Uh, he typically, it's him. And then um, they'll have, he'll have, you know, one or two cars that come in for CTMP or a couple of ovals here and there. And then we also had Glenn Styers Racing, who was partnered with White Motorsports this year. Um, that also helped bring in a couple of guys for Oshweekin because he he actually Glenn Styers owns Oshweekin Speedway, so he helped bring in a couple of the dirt guys for our first race on dirt. Um, but I believe that's kind of the gist of it. And then you'll have one or two guys like you'll have like a Larry Jackson that'll come in and partner with DJ uh, DJ Kennington mm -hmm. and kind of run under his umbrella, but not be an official like team we, we've got a weird thing going on where we have a lot of like you're a team but you're not like officially a team so we have a lot of guys that are like running under their own umbrellas well and so, a, lot of, a lot of cool partnerships from the sound of it well and Kim, yeah i'm curious too and when you okay you've been to races here stateside and of course covering the Pinty series how did that atmosphere compare being there at the track on race day at a Pinty's race compared to maybe a Cup Series race weekend, the similarities, the differences to the fans, to the competitors. What is it all like, and what are some similarities and differences that you've noticed? I mean, that's kind of hard because it's like comparing, like, almost, it's almost comparing apples to oranges because it's, it's, it is different racing. It's different cars. It is different 
in so many ways. You know, you have the like cup is the prestige. It is the you go and it is just running at top tier in all between like the marketing and the sponsorship and the logistics and just every little piece of it is running at top tier. And then you look at our series and it's definitely more grassroots. You've got, you know, we have quite a few, you know, DJ Kennington drives his own truck hauler. And, you know, when we went out to Newfoundland, drove it from his shop in London, Ontario, all the way to Nova Scotia, got on a ferry and then drove in the race on Saturday. So there are countless differences, but then, you know, in terms of the fan experience, it's you come to one of our races and it is like, it's like, it's, I want to say like our series is more cozy in a way, if that makes sense, where it's like, everybody kind of knows each other, even if you don't work in the series. Like a lot of fans will come up to me at races and say hi, cause they, they just know who I am. Whereas you don't really get that with besides like the drivers and maybe like the crew chiefs at a cup race. So you have this more community aspect that branches out into the fan base up here. Whereas down South, it is again, that prestige, that, that top tier level eliteness, I kind of feel, but I mean, I mean, NASCAR on a whole is just like a big community. It's like, right. it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like this, it's like, you know, making connections in, chatting with people about similar interests and about racing and I think that's just unique to any like it's unique to NASCAR against any sport you can have um so there there are a lot of differences to the NASCAR Pinty series but you know a racing fan's a racing fan I feel yeah well Caitlin I, I, I know one thing the Pinty series they uh I'm sure they're honored to have you I, I love hearing your passion I love hearing your stories. You know the sport inside and out. And, man, that, that series and those drivers and fans, uh, you know, you, uh, you're you a great representative of, of, of the series and NASCAR in Canada just because you have so much passion, and I love it. It's wonderful. And uh, Thanks, pretty cool to hear you speak about it. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I uh, – it's, it's, you know, for years, Cascar, you know, Cascar was like, not NASCAR, but Cascar. I was right. always amazed, but Cascar got a lot of, lot of uh, you know, a lot of us Americans that race in America heard about Cascar. And I think there was a couple races televised and it was really good racing, you know, and I, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I really was surprised to hear. I thought maybe NASCAR owned Cascar, but they didn't. And it was interesting to hear you say that NASCAR bought the series in 2007, I believe you said. Yeah, that was their first year. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, and man, you know, it's uh, you know, it's cool. We're we're all one big family. You know, uh, all the drivers you mentioned, the team owners. I mean. The reality of it is I love it that it's grassroots, you know, and, and man, because those are the most passionate, you know, people that just love racing. A lot of them don't race for a living. A lot of them have other jobs. And then when they get off work, they're working on the race cars and then they, they get to go race, you know, in NASCAR. It's amazing. But, you know, some of those grassroots stories are just amazing over the top, very inspirational stories and uh sometimes hard to believe that somebody would work that hard you know but it but those stories are out there but mm -hmm. I, I i just love it because no matter if you're racing in uh mexico canada or america 
I mean, hey, if you're a NASCAR driver, you're a NASCAR driver, you know, and uh, yeah. I love it. So it's wonderful. And I'm yeah. looking forward to uh, seeing a race sometime soon, you know. Yeah, I mean, we got to get up there. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, we come up, come up, see one of our races. Far, no doubt about it, man. <laughs> I want to race. And, <laughs> well, we've had quite a few uh, U.S. drivers come up and race in our series because, I, like I said before, we had Stuart Friesen and Ken Schrader come up uh, yeah. Roche Weekend this year. But we've had like Austin Dillon has raced up with us. I think Ty has also raced uh, with us. Jeffrey Earnhardt, Noah Gregson, Kaz Grala, mm. like. Uh, Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell was actually supposed to race with us this year, but uh, there were like he wasn't able to make it. Um, so we've had quite a few of those U.S. drivers kind of come up, and um, for a while they were using us as a way to practice at CTMP. So they would come up for our first race of the year, race CTMP, and then uh, they'd be good to go when they came up in trucks in the in the fall. Um, uh, but we've had like Julia Landauer race in our series for, I want to say two seasons on a part-time basis. And she actually became the first woman to lead, woman to lead a lap in our series, which was really yeah, that, cool. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. it, it is. So, so, so let me ask you this, yeah, Caitlin, what do you think kind of is the, you know, end goal of some sorts here? Is it, uh, you know, be a promotional tool to get these, these drivers to one of NASCAR's top three series in the U.S. or are they trying to create stars to stay around in the Pinty series too? What what's kind of the, the the goal here of the of the Pinty series? You think? Well, I mean, I feel like that goal is kind of evolving as we kind of get more of that traction, and um, we've kind of officially moved under the umbrella of the NASCAR International Department within NASCAR. We used to be considered a home like a home track series, like ARCA or MODS. Um, and we've kind of officially kind of moved under the same umbrella as the next uh, the NASCAR Mexico series and the NASCAR Euro series. Um, so that's kind of evolving now where we're kind of Go. trying to build the NASCAR presence in Canada right. as a whole. And then also, you know, bringing those guys uh, from us down there to run one-off races. Like there was one year, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, like DJ Kennington could have won the 500. Like yeah, yeah. He, he was racing like up in the top 10 with like five to go. And it was like, man, that was like one of the most like heart racing moments of my life thinking that I was about to watch DJ Kennington win the Daytona 500. But, and I mean, like, I want to say uh, Andrew Ranger ran down in Xfinity for a while as well. So, like, there's a good chunk of our drivers who have all raced Cup, Xfinity, mm -hmm. Trucks, ARCA, you name it. They all have experience down there. A lot of our champions have raced down in the States. And then, of course, you have Alex LeBay. And you yeah. had Raphael Lassard that was racing Trucks for a while, too. So, you have those guys that are trying to get their foot in the door and race down in Cup, but... I think at the end of the day, a lot of them, you know, they want to get that NASCAR Pinty's championship first before moving on yeah. down to the States. But we're definitely creating a better ladder system for them to go down and race down in the States sure. more frequently. So, Caitlin, out of all your drivers, uh, are all of them, is that their full-time job? How many of them are that's their full-time job, just being a Pinty NASCAR race car driver? Well, we only race about five months out of the year, so it's kind of, yeah. there really isn't the infrastructure there for that to be their full-time job. There sure. are some drivers like LP who um, will work as racing coaches, mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like Larry Jackson's a fire, like fire department chief. 
And, <laughs> you know, some of these guys own companies, they own mm -hmm. their truck drivers, they're, um, they own their own um, mechanics businesses. And like, they, they all have regular jobs, just right. like the, the general population. None of them really consider it their full-time job. Some of the younger guys are in high school or university still. So it's, it's, they've all got stuff going on this time of year and, you know, come race season, they're in between, you know, working Monday through Friday and then Saturday that they're at the racetrack. Yeah. So the penny series being owned by NASCAR, it really brings a lot of credibility to that series. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, uh, I would think that NASCAR, I guess I'm asking the question. So the NASCAR penny series, um, uh, you know, there's a good points fund, and you, like you said, everybody wants to win the championship. And uh, I mean, that's that's big time racing in Canada. You know, especially to be have NASCAR stamped all over it. You know, do do you? I know uh, our northern races, Michigan, Watkins Glen, there's Pocono. Pocono there's a lot of uh, 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 Canadians there. They love their NASCAR and they love their racing. And would you say that y'all series, y'all have a big, I would think y'all have a big following from a it's fan grown, standpoint. It's grown quite a bit over the last few years. I want to say when I started, it was definitely like, funny enough, like my stepdad, who's a huge racing fan, had a NASCAR Canadian Tire Series hat for the longest time. And I was like, hey, that's a NASCAR Penny's hat. And he's like, how do you know? I'm like, like this used to be our series. And he had no <laughs> idea. Um, and he didn't even know we existed until I started working for it. So we've definitely been broadening our reach and, you know, we've had tremendous uptick in following and viewership and broadcast numbers over the last, like, I want to say since even 2019, even through COVID, as hard as it was, you know, we've kind of still managed to not only stay afloat, but really blow up that viewership and those numbers and people are finding us more and more and on an increased trajectory well it sounds like with the, the with the type of races y'all have and how good they are and the competition you have i mean the racing itself i mean y'all are building you're building stars in your series and then when the racing's that good and you're building these race car driver stars like jimmy johnson and jeff gordon and dale Earnhardt jr mm -hmm. like we have in america you know, it's kind of cool to have the fan base get behind all your all your star race car drivers, and it just uh, just kind of grows legs from there, and more people tune in, and uh, you know, it's just it's just exciting to hear you talk about it. And uh, I don't know about you, Tyler and Dominic, but I'm I'm excited to to watch one of y'all's races. Yeah, well, and, and then I think about too, Caitlin. Uh, you know, we heard from Steve Phelps uh, about a month ago say that. They're looking to possibly bring, you know, one of NASCAR's top three series north or south of the border. Uh, before the show, we were just talking about what uh, Brett Griffin had to say from uh, Door Bumper Clear, and he works obviously with, with Colleague Racing. He said that us not racing in Canada is arguably the dumbest thing we do all year. Um, I mean, just hearing that sentiment, I mean, seems like there's growing momentum for NASCAR's one of their top three series to return in Canada. And we saw in years past, uh, you know, it, it's been a, a, a smashing success when they've gone north of the border. 
Yeah, it's we've had, as I said earlier, the NASCAR truck series used to race at CTMP, but we also had the Xfinity series at Circus Jill Villeneuve in Montreal for a long time, and we would race alongside them as well. And that race was arguably one of the biggest races on the Xfinity calendar at that time. It was almost always sold out. It was like, I want to, and I want to say like the Quebec racing fan base is just like so much more hardcore than I feel I've seen anywhere else in Canada. So having that race in Montreal was like, yeah, it's sold out. Um, and it's not just NASCAR too. Like when F1 comes to town and races on that track, whew, it is a party every which way you look. It is insane. So, I mean, I would love to see them come back. I would, I want it with all my heart. I, I would love Cup to come up. That would be absolutely insane to uh, not to not only as a NASCAR fan, like, oh man, NASCAR Cups in Canada, but like to be a part of that team to bring it up north. Top my career off right there. So okay, let's uh, let's let you be be Steve Phelps here for a second. If Caitlin Patrick's in charge and gets to decide uh, when, where a cup race in Canada is, what would be your ideal scenario? Uh, like early in the year, a playoff race, where would it be? What what would you do if you were in charge? I mean, you got to kind of look in there and look at our schedule. So it would have to be between that um, May to September window that we race. So, and I wouldn't, I would kind of even scratch off um, May as in total, the weather's just a little too finicky. So I would kind of look at that like July, August window. Um, I say, if you're going to go hard, do it on Canada Day weekend. But I know too many American tracks would be pissed at getting it taken away from the 4th of July weekend. Oh, so yeah. not sure if that's possible, but that's a, that's the pipe dream. So if I'm Canadian seat felt felt, I'm taking July 1st weekend for myself. <laughs> um, but even the weekend before that, because it's like, you know, if July 1st falls on a weird, like the middle of the week, you could do it before or after. So it's like, you know, I'll take the weekend before 1st of July as well. Um, but yeah, that that end of June to like end of August, even Labor Day weekend when the trucks used to race was always really nice. Um, especially, I mean, up in Canada, you've got that like fall foliage kind of starting a little earlier. Um, so you got some nice colors going on. Not that I like to think about <laughs> racing while the colors are turning on the trees. Just now but... fall here in, uh, in Texas, Caitlin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got snow on the ground. So, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't, screw your warm weather. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Um, so but in terms of tracks, it's like. I think it would have to be a road course or a street course even. So it's like, I would love to see them back at Circuit Jill Vilna, but you'd have to work that out with Formula One. Um, but I even think, you know, with some modifications, like CTMP could be a contender to host a cup race as well one day. That'd be awesome. That's my personal opinion. Well, hey, okay. I like that. So, Caitlin, where, where will we see Caitlin at in five years? What's, what's uh, you know, what's your what's your goal? Just uh, five oh, years is short term, but uh, long term, you know, but. You know what? What uh? What, what would you like to see yourself? What's what's Caitlin's uh, future look like? I mean, I mean you're Caitlin's doing pretty kinda... well for yourself right now. You got a pretty cool job, you know. And, uh, I try positive. not to think that far ahead in the future. I kind of, you know, I'm kind of ever evolving my what my job is with NASCAR. Right. Um, I would like to see it kind of expand more. Um into like the nascar canada realm so not just pinties but like the nascar brand in canada wow. and that's like 
anything from like that's what I would like and then have be able to have like people that are running pinties running like different areas um even like on a personal level like being more involved in like other types of racing in Canada like we've got so many series up here like IndyCar comes up here Formula One comes up here um you know I would hope eventually one of the top three series in NASCAR come back up here again but then you've got like you've got like dirt like you've got the dirt scene and then you've got um your provincial racing series like APC in Ontario and then you've got like uh like so many just it's like karting and then you know we race the we have the Nissan uh the Nissan Cup series and uh, the CTCC series, and there's just so many different levels of racing. And then even IMSA comes up to Canada as well. It's like the racing scene is can in Canada is crazy, and a lot of people don't see how full that calendar is from May to September and even October. But I think I would really like to kind of get more involved in, you know, expanding my reach into other series as well. Absolutely. I think that'd be kind of cool. So, Caitlin, tell me something. Uh, like in America here, as you know, uh, our grassroots, short tracks, dirt tracks, small pavement, bull rings. Uh, is there a lot of support tracks uh, like your advanced auto parts short track series? Uh, is there a lot of feeder, feeder series or is it kind of work like it does in America? Do a lot of the the grassroots racers want to be a NASCAR Pinty driver or make it to the NASCAR Pinty series in, in, in Canada. Is that, is that something that. Where does it start? I yes. think is what David's trying to say. Um, we do have those feeder series. Like I just mentioned, we have the now I'm going to the NASCAR APC series. That's incorrect. The APC series, uh, which is the, um, is like a late model series here in Ontario okay. that we do get a lot of drivers that will kind of, you know, join at their local track. So whether that's Delaware or Sunset in Ontario, and then, you know, you go to Quebec and, you know, Quebec is, um, Chaudière is an advanced auto parts weekly series. So you'll have some of those drivers kind of pop in for one-offs. And, you know, when we went out to Eastbound, we had Brandon McFarland and Sarah Thorne join us from the weekly series. Um, so they'll kind of, from those weekly series and those breeder series, they'll kind of, you know, come in and do one-offs here and there. But then in terms of like where it starts, I feel like in Quebec, a lot of them kind of start in karting. Um, and I want to say here in Ontario, they'll typically start late models. That's, that's my understanding of it. Absolutely. I don't understand a lot of the smaller series. Because we'll have anything from like, like I said, the APC series and then like uh, short, like stocks and mini stocks and like so many little tiny yeah. stock series, just like way down there at the bottom where, you know, when you're five, you're five, six, seven years old, you kind of start in. Sure. So that's where I'll kind of, at least because our biggest, our biggest audiences are Ontario and Quebec. Those are our biggest yeah. provinces as well. So that's kind of where the two kind of start and it you it shows in the drivers you have too where it's like you know Andrew Ranger and Alex Tagliani used to race IndyCar so they're very familiar with open wheel and then you got Trayton Lasovich who started in late models and same with 
DJ Kennington. So you, you definitely see those in the driver's upbringing and like driver history. Yeah. That's and for very you, cool. Caitlin, I'm curious, did you ever want to try your hand at racing? Did you ever want to get behind the wheel or try it yourself? <laughs> I would love to. I think the fastest I've gone, I got I got a um, a pace car ride around CTMP once, and the fastest we got going was 220 kilometers, which I don't know what that would be in miles, but it was it was enough to feel some uh, some some force when you're coming to a stop. Absolutely. Yeah, about 150 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a decent job. Oh, th uh, thank you, Smart Alec. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dom, how many Canadian provinces can you name? I can't name all 13. I know. Well, because there's 10 of them, right? And you have the three territories. Give, okay. give it a go. Let's see. Oh, okay. You guys can put me on the spot. Okay. You've got none of it. Am I saying that right? None of it? Mm hmm And then, okay. I know it's a territory. And then you've got Prince Edward Island on the east. Mm hmm And then you have Manitoba, Quebec. <laughs> Gosh, all you guys stumped me here. And I'm a geography teacher. You're a, you're a geography teacher. You're a geography we whole, teacher. We have a whole week over Canada. And you think no, I'm No. I, I well, pretty... I mean, if it's fair, I think I can maybe only name like 30 U.S. states. Like. 30 out of 50 is better than 5 out of 13. <laughs> better <laughs> the law of percentages. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, I think. Yeah, no, you, you have a failing grade. <laughs> okay, yeah, Dominic uh, yeah, failed the class. Uh, the teacher uh, didn't get it done. David, have you been north of the border before? I never have. You know, okay. I have uh, when we race up in uh, Michigan when we're in Detroit. You know, I cross over to over to uh, you know I'll cross over the border into Canada just to say I've been in Canada. You know, but I, I've never been over to the race. Uh, but I, but I just know how passionate. Uh, the, the Canadian race fans are, you know, I mean, they, when they play the Canadian national anthem at, 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 uh, at Loudon, New Hampshire or Michigan or, or, or Watkins Glen, I mean, it's, it's amazing the cheer and the roar, you know what I mean? That's just, it's just, they have such a big following for, uh, in America, yeah. I can imagine what it's like to, you know, uh, there in, you know, in Canada. So, uh, I've never been there, uh, for any length of time, I just, like I said, when, when I'm over in Detroit to race at Michigan, I'll cross over into the border, just to say I was in Canada. So you, you know. you've been to Windsor. That's, that's about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, for not very long, you know, but, uh, but anyway, that's pretty Grab cool. your Tim Hortons coffee and head on back. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like Tim Hortons. Uh, I haven't been to Canada yet, but I do love me some Tim Hortons. Don, oh, yeah, you guys have the bake shops and stuff up north. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like the coffee. It's good. Dom, have you, have you been to Canada yet? I've not been to Canada yet, but the plan is to go next year, actually. My wife yeah. and I take a trip. And then Marcus Lino, a friend of the show and one of our photographers at theracingexperts.com, he and I want to go cover the Michigan race, and, and we're trying to see if we can make that happen where we can cross over into the border during that race weekend next year. When's okay. Michigan race weekend? That is, I think, the second week or the third week of August. Right. That was on um, – that was during GP3R this year because I remember we had Steve O'Donnell up in the in Trois-Rivières, which is all the way in Quebec, yeah. um, and he had to go straight to Michigan right after. So yeah, I remember that. We're so. all gonna go to Canada and uh, go to a race. Absolutely, get in a race car up there. Absolutely. So, uh, Caitlin, uh, time for one more question. Does the announcers do they announce in French? Uh, so we'll have two different types. So our main broadcast is on TSN, which is in English. And then we have RDS, which is the 
French TSN equivalent, which they have announcers in French. So how much French, you know, none, (laughs) I know none as well. So we're in the same boat language. I love hearing, I love hearing as people speak it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Especially when you're in the garage, it's, it's interesting because French in Canada, it's like, it's nothing like Parisian French. So it's like, if you go to France and you, and you speak French Canadian, they're going to look at you like you're speaking like some other language because it's (laughs) our language is so yeah our language is apparently again I don't speak it I this is from my understanding from when I have taken French um because it's like you guys we have to take French like we take Spanish yes or like you guys take Spanish um so it's like here in Canada, you got your French Canadian, which is different than Parisian French. It's like more slang. But then you go to different areas of Quebec. And even though it's like Quebec's a massive province, but they're mostly centralized along that main highway and along the U.S. border. But if you go in different areas, like if you go to Quebec City versus Montreal, you got different dialects. You got different like speeds that they talk at. They have different slang for different things. Um, and then if you go northern Quebec or southern Quebec, they're different. And then racetrack French is just a... <laughs> racetrack uh, track French. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. like it. Well, speaking of racetrack French, I have one follow-up and then we'll move on. So... President Trudeau, I know, am I saying his name right? I know that the president of Canada has to speak both English and and Mm -hmm. French. But besides that point, has the president that you know, has he ever been to any of the NASCAR races or has a sitting Canadian president been to a Pinty Series race? Uh, So ours is a prime minister. minister. So so that's our nice little uh, British heritage there with a prime minister instead of a president. Um, I want to say yes. We've had premiers like... um, leaders of our provinces like i guess that would be a governor for you guys we've had them come before i want to say we have had a prime minister but i could be wrong and i feel like it was like very early years um we used to have and um i'm hoping we bring it back eventually um kind of a season uh lookbook that would have like articles and like um kind of a spotter's guide in it and um it used to have a letter from the office of the prime minister saying like I hope the like the 20 whatever season for the NASCAR Pinty series like they race coast to coast all that kind of stuff um but yeah I'm not 100% sure if we've had a, pre- a prime president a prime minister <laughs> I've got you saying it now <laughs> yeah I mean I just got back from the state so I'm like you all to, U.S. You to call your prime minister or send him a letter and invite him I mean I feel like we've had him scheduled to come I think he was even scheduled to potentially come this year to one of our races, but I feel like NASCAR Penny's race is a big ask for the leader of our country. Okay. But funny yeah. enough, I mean, I was, I've seen more U.S. presidents than I have Canadian prime ministers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially at NASCAR races, too. Yeah, yeah. well, I was, uh, I was in Daytona in 2020 when Trump was there. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. We, yeah. Me and Dominic and David, we were all there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, that was quite a spectacle. Um, we will get to our news and notes segment in just one moment. Before we do, today's show is presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David, this guy right here, won in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committed to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic Aragon standing by with our news and notes this week. Dom, a very busy week in the NASCAR world. 
A very busy week. Where do we begin? We're going to begin with Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing. It was announced earlier this week on Tuesday, December 13th, that Trackhouse Racing president and owner, Justin Marks, was in the Middle East. He was wheeling and dealing, and it looks like Trackhouse is expanding. Trackhouse Entertainment Group is launching a brand development division. So not only will you see the race cars on the track, but Justin Marks, uh, I guess you call him a serial entrepreneur at heart, is developing a media company and entertainment group company. He's even pulled somebody, I believe, from the NBA, who's with the team, to work as one of his sports industry leaders. So Justin Marks expanding to that foray even more so. I mean, he has big plans with this, right? I mean, not only here, but he's talked about moving Team Trackhouse to Nashville and headquartering out there someday. Justin Marks and, and of course, his dad having hands in GoPro. But Justin Marks, anything he get his hands on entrepreneur-wise, he's going to be there. Caitlin, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, we, we heard rumblings about this for a while, but to see it coming to fruition, uh, big deal. Justin Marks, uh, very bright future ahead. Kind of reminds me of uh xfinity series owner uh, scott pachetta who's heavily involved in the uh country music scene with his uh record label and everything i feel like you're starting to see this a lot more where the brands around and the teams around nascar are really starting to branch out into different like elements and it's not just sports it's sports and entertainment so it's you know you have people that are branching their brands out into different elements or brands that are collaborating back together yeah, like you look fire, at 23 yeah I, interesting enough i was actually talking to um some folks from spire motorsports this past weekend at pri and we were discussing that and their content strategy and stuff like that of like um you like how you build that brand when you have so many different um interests in it and you have an entertainment you have maybe music and you know even two different sports like you see with like 2311 where they have their nascar but then a huge part of their brand is michael jordan right so i think you're really starting to see this kind of elite level marketing going on where you've got your nascar and your nascar brand but that nascar brand is being elevated to a different level with bringing in marketing and brands from outside the yes. racing racing sphere, I guess. Right. Well, and David, you know, I mean, the the number two man at Trackhouse is Mr. Worldwide Pitbull. And this was bound to happen. They, he's, I mean, when Pitbull came on board, he said they were trying to change the culture here. Uh, Trackhouse, I, I recall even going to the Nashville race, I was saying uh, Trackhouse had their own beer even, you know? I mean, like, they're, they're creating a brand there, and it's pretty impressive already. It is impressive, you know? And, and uh, you know, just hearing Caitlin talk about Michael Jordan, 2311 team, and and uh, Justin Marks, you know, Trackhouse, uh, you know, they uh, – God, I just lost my train of thought, but uh, <laughs> I'm just hearing all this. But, uh, you know – Pitbull, you know, who would ever thought Pitbull was going to be a team owner with Justin Marks, you know? And, you know, I, I look at all that and just and, and hear what y'all are talking about, the entertainment side. You know, you you would think that Pitbull, you put on these big, massive concerts with, you know, hundreds, you know, thousands of people show up to watch Pitbull perform in a, in a live concert brought to you by... I don't know, you know, Coors Light, you know, and, you know, I mean, I'm just saying Coors Light, but, you know, Coors Light would be 
probably their primary sponsor on one of their race cars and is also the primary sponsor of you know a uh, pit bull, a pit bulls uh u.s tour you know what i'm saying i mean you know it, it's it's interesting to see uh what's going on with all this type of stuff you know it, it's something that's really intriguing and interesting to watch it a, a different way of branding and marketing but you know I'm, I'm watching you know you think about richard childress racing ty dylan uh you know they're involved with uh rodeo and now they have they have uh you know bull riders that are yeah. under the umbrella of richard childress racing uh, you know, you look at Kevin Harvick, you know, Kevin Harvick over the years, you know, he's a sports agent. He's a now. sports agent. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to I didn't know that. see, yes. watch and see how it's all working, you know, because uh, our traditional go out and get a sponsor, put them on our race cars, get national exposure week in and week out. The driver's a spokesperson, B2B. But, you know, it's interesting to see what other organization racing teams, what they're doing with their brands and their sponsors and the marketing side of it. It's really, uh, it's really interesting how NASCAR is really kind of taking the lead on some of this stuff and, and watching this all uh, evolve right in front of our eyes. You know, we're paying attention. I know I am and, and Matt Jennings, another guy that's kind of my agent guy, we're watching just to see what we can learn and see what we can do in the future to, to, to brand, you know, to reach out and make sure that, you know, our partners and our, in our different brands are, are, you know, we're getting everything we can possibly give them, but it's just interesting how, how all this is evolving, you know, and yeah. it's, it's way over my head, but it's intriguing, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. Indeed. Well, I Go feel ahead. like in the last couple of years or even, I want to say not years, but like decade, um, it's really people in the industry have really become apparent that they're in the entertainment business industry, even though they're a sport, they're in the enter entertainment industry. So you need to have that race experience. People aren't really there for the race anymore. They're there for the experience because I'm not going to lie. That's what got me into it. It wasn't the, the actual race. That's what I came to love about it, but it was the experience of being at a track, the camping, the pit road experience before a race, that's what got me hooked on it. It was the thrill and the excitement and the atmosphere and the adrenaline on race, on race day. That's what got me in. So at the heart and core of sports in general, they're an entertainment business. Right. And most racing teams are, they're marketing companies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're a marketing company and you're, and, and you're, you're right. You're bringing that experience to our, 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 partners customers employees making sure when they come to the racetrack it's an experience they'll never forget and then a race then the race breaks out they drop that green flag and it's like oh my god man you know what i mean it's like that was on top of all the entertainment stuff you know and kind of like you caitlin uh you know the strategies how good the racing is uh, the drama i mean it's just it's really cool and, and at the end of the day, we're all very fortunate to be parts of such a cool sport. Our industry, the NASCAR racing, I don't care if it's NASCAR in Mexico, NASCAR in Canada, NASCAR here in America, it's a cool industry, and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I know we're all proud to be part of it. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, Dominic, uh, speaking of brands, uh, one popular racing brand is uh, making its return. Uh, some exciting news 
uh, with SRX here this week. SRX, Thursday night, ESPN, how better could it get, right? The return of ESPN and NASCAR, or not NASCAR, but motorsports to the network. SRX announced on December 12th, on that Monday, that Tony Stewart's league, the SRX, for its third season, will be airing on ESPN. It's six-race season at the time of this podcast. The schedule has not been announced just yet, but the six races that are going to run over the summer of 2023 will move from CBS Sports to coverage on ESPN. Bring back well, you're channel. Looking forward. I, I teed you up for this, Dom. Thursday Night Thunder's returning. I, well, I, well, I couldn't take your thunder away there, Tyler. I was here. Okay. I, I have to give you credit. Uh, Thursday Night Thunder, David, was a big deal back in the day. Now you have it coming back in the form of SRX. And one of the things that we heard was that people wanted to watch SRX, but they would be like Caitlin and might be at a short track on a Saturday night and didn't get to typically watch on TV the, the SRX series. Now you move to Thursdays, you bring back Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN, which has history. ESPN's got some great success with F1 as of late, so you should have a, a ratings juggernaut. You're not having to compete with other sports there. They're going to be on primetime TV. Big deal for SRX and Tony Stewart here. Big, big deal. Whoever, you know, that, that was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, Thursday Night Thunder, looking back at Thursday Night Thunder years ago, I don't know if it's 28, 25, 20 years ago, I mean – Names were made. People made it to NASCAR. People were founded. Uh, I mean, I think of Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle was racing Thursday Night Thunder, and you know who 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 uh, who found Greg Biffle was uh, Benny Parsons. He was so impressed with the, with what, what Biffle did on Thursday Night Thunder. Uh, it really gave him an opportunity here in America and NASCAR, and look what happened. You know what I mean? Jeff I mean, Gordon. Jeff Gordon. All. I mean, there's so many of them. So I think the you know SRX moving to primetime Thursday night ESPN. It's going to be big for that series, and uh, I, I'm excited to watch it. And kind of like you, Caitlin, and and yourself, Tyler, and myself. Sometimes Saturday nights or. You know, I'm racing at the time, other people racing, people were at short tracks across America and all over the world, really, and you mess the race, you know what I mean? And now the millions and millions of people are going to be tuned in. I think it's I think it's a big deal. And this S SRX series is just, for me, even it's in its junior year, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I think this is going to be a big year for uh, 2003. It's going to be a big year moving to Thursday Night Thunder. I mean, I called it Thursday Night Thunder because uh, yeah. they're, they're going to be making Thunder. It's going to be a great series. Yeah, uh, Caitlin, uh, what, what was your reaction to this announcement of uh, SRX uh, moving to Thursdays and bringing back Thursday Night Thunder here? Well, I'm just finding out about it now. And I think it's <laughs> it, it, it's like they're racing Thursday nights, right? Yes, yes. So they're not, it's not like they'll race Saturday and it's a tape delay. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all live on Thursday nights. Yeah, in prime time on ESPN. No, that's pretty smart because it's like you are competing with those bigger races on the weekends. And you know, if people that maybe do a double duty and will race their like weekly series on the weekends and also race SRX, it's having it on a completely different unique day is pretty big marketing and it opens yourself up to have those deals with people like ESPN and with streaming platforms and with content creators that, you know, Thursday is kind of a, an open night for a lot of people. And, you know, what are you going to do on a Thursday night? Well, watch sit down and watch them racing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and, and I think about this, David, you know, um, 
a big part of NASCAR's growth was ESPN's involvement. Uh, what ESPN and NASCAR did for each other was a lot back in the day. Now, obviously, ESPN's not airing NASCAR races right now, but, you know, what they've done with F1 now, you know, F1 has taken off in large part because of their partnership with ESPN here. Um, this could be a, the huge jolt that, that SRX needs to take that next step, partnering with somebody like ESPN that's been there, done that with young series before. No doubt about it. You know, I, and I, I have to be honest with you, I'm not very educated on the networks and how it all works, but I, but I do know as, as, as a race fan, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, NASCAR has been big for, for a long time, generation after generation, you know, but I do think back in the, I don't know, 80s when yeah. ESPN started broadcasting NASCAR, uh, you know, might even be in the late 70s, but really ESPN brought NASCAR to the American people, you know, and they kind of, they kind of NASCAR became really so popular through ESPN, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know how all the television stuff works, but I do know that, you know, ESPN is very passionate about racing, you know, and I remember, remember when that network, when ESPN didn't cover NASCAR anymore, uh, there were some con TV contracts and man, there was a lot of hurt feelings, you know, and yeah. because people that work for ESPN and fans said, man, there's no loyalty no more. But right. I think ESPN brought NASCAR up as far as they were going to bring them. Then somebody else took over. But, you know, to be partnered up with a, a network like ESPN, I, I think it's going to pay huge dividends for the SRX series. Well, and, and uh, Dominic, uh, real quick, um, NASCAR's TV's contract is coming up here soon. They're going to begin negotiations and, uh, we should have a TV contract here. I, I would think it's probably going to be announced this year. And there's been a lot of rumblings of ESPN getting back into the fold here with them getting involved in SRX, the success of F F1 on ESPN. At this point, I think I'd be surprised if ESPN doesn't get a slice of the next TV contract here. I think so. I think they're going to come in with some big guns. It's been nine years since they've been a part of any kind of NASCAR National Touring Series broadcasting. And 2014 was when they signed off the air with the Cup Series. But, yeah, I would be very shocked, too, if we don't see ESPN throw their name in the hat here and hear about something about ESPN trying for a big slice of the pie. Yeah, get ready uh, for qualifying sessions on ESPN Plus uh, for 10 bucks a month or something. <laughs> uh, um, no, one more uh, news and note, uh, Dom, in regards to uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. We have some Kyle Busch news to report on for the 2023 season. Richard Childress Racing announced last week, December 8th, that Kyle Busch and the eight car, a lot of sponsors are returning. They've even revamped the eight logo and how that's going to look, a little edgier look as they're calling it. A lot of partners returning with the team too, including Cheddar Scratch Kitchen, 3Chai, if I'm saying that right, Lenovo, Alcibiade, 3 Chi. There we go. Thank you. And BetMGM are all returning as partners on the eight car and with Kyle Busch's multi-year deal. So all the, the sponsors are there. They're all in place. They even released some sketches of some of the paint schemes, like the Cheddars and Alsco car for 2013 or 2023, rather. And that edgier look with the eight logo. Very nice. Um, Caitlin, uh, it, it seems like, you know, you look at Kyle Busch going to that eight car and Randall Burdett, who did a great job as crew chief for that team, is going to be there. All the sponsors are coming back. It seems like Richard Childress is putting all their, their chips on the table for Kyle Busch to be successful here in that 18. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird not seeing one Kyle Busch in the number 18 or the M&M's Toyota on track. It will be definitely an adjustment period. But, I mean, it really does seem like Richard Childress is putting all of their money into the Kyle Busch basket to really try and go for that not even just race wins, but for championships, because you see of how dominant dominant they were with Ty- Tyler Reddick this year and just how, like, what, they got two wins this past year and almost a third at Bristol on the dirt. So it's, they're really showing their muscle. And, I mean, Kyle seems really excited about it. He was gunning for his Joe Gibbs obligations to kind of be done and over with so he could get behind the wheel with RCR and, really get in there and start learning the team and working with everybody and really trying to, you know, make sure they're set up for 2023. Yeah, I think so. And, and David, uh, a fresh start for Kyle Busch, um, some great partners involved. I mean, Cheddar Scratch Kitchen, I mean, that's some good food, you know. I mean, like, he's, Kyle Busch, I, I think he's going to come into that team with some energy here, some excitement, based on the way he's been talking and that team has been talking here. I mean, he uh... – I remember, uh, I think it was Dave Wilson from the TRD president. You don't want to have to race against a pissed off uh, Kyle Busch. You know, I think Kyle Busch has a chip on his shoulder. Richard Childress racing, like I said, they're putting all their chips on the table and investing everything into Kyle Busch and the eight team this year. Uh, You know, the the sponsors, it looks like, you know, they're – there won't then you know the sponsors that are that are jumping on board. I mean, I think it's a big opportunity because I think Kyle Busch is gonna, you know, we're gonna it's, we're gonna be used to again seeing the old Kyle Busch back. I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, he really doesn't have anything to prove at all. But jumping over to Richard Childress Racing, uh, and like you said, Tyler, there's a lot of energy behind that. And you look at Kyle Busch; he's excited, he's happy, he's looking forward to the challenge. All these sponsors come, and Richard Childers is kind of rejuvenated, kind of when you see him. You know, he's got an extra step in his walk. Uh, I, I really, yeah, I mean, I, I look for them to to win a lot of races and be a champ, be a, a, a contender for the championship in 2023. I, I'm not surprised by any of it. And uh, again, I just go back to seeing what David Wilson said. <laughs> he said, "Man, he was, they were trying to do everything they can to keep Kyle Busch in the yeah. Toyota camp." Because, I, I mean, he did so much for that manufacturing, for that manufacturer. And to have him not in a Toyota no more, you're going to have to race against Kyle Busch, man. He's he's excited, and uh, I'm excited to watch it. You ever ate at Cheddar's? I never have. You like chain restaurants. You like Cheddar's. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a Cheddar's before until I was in Indiana this past weekend. But Jordan actually tired? pointed out and was like, that's Kyle Busch's sponsor. And I'm like, Absolutely. no way. Oh yeah, the, the the best thing about cheddars is it's cheap for. Uh, for <laughs> yeah. What kind of food is it? it it's like American, all American food, you know. Uh, you know Southern comfort, pizza, and, you know, comfort food. Yeah, yeah. burgers, mac, and they bring cheese. you out some croissants as an appetizer. Just be cut. Oh yes, and get this I'm in. with honey butter drizzled on top of it. It's really good. It's like dessert and yes. an appetizer at the same time. <laughs> Dominic, uh, I meant to tell you, you would have been proud of me. I ate it at the Texas Roadhouse the other day. Uh, I'm proud of you, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> well, they just call it Roadhouse because where you guys are from, there's no need to put Texas, right? It's well, Roadhouse. Texas is house. Not to get too off track here, uh, no pun intended, but uh, one of the biggest surprises when I moved down to Dallas was 
I thought there was just going to be Texas roadhouses everywhere. Wow. There's not one in the city of Dallas. I got to go outside the city to the suburbs. I had to go to Mesquite to go yeah. eat at Texas yeah. Roadhouse yeah. the other day. Um, time for our Ask David segment where we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook at Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, also by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And this segment is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets over 125,000 live events including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans get tickets to every NASCAR, Cup, Xfinity, and Kepping World Truck Race throughout the season. Visit Ticketsmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticketsmarter.com. So uh, first question in the inbox. Uh, this is to David, but we'll kind of go around the room and ask everybody here. Um, Austin wants to know, David, who are your top five NASCAR drivers of all time in order? Man. <clears throat> Man, I, I would golly, that's a that's a that's a great question. Uh, Richard Petty, one. Dale Earnhardt, two. Jeff Gordon, three. Jimmy Johnson, four. David Pearson. Okay, you rattled that off faster than I think you thought yep, you would. Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, tell your reasoning behind that that order that five. The, the one that stood out to me was Jeff Gordon ahead of Jimmy. Well. <laughs> You know, obviously Richard Petty, you know, the, when you think of NASCAR racing, I think of the king, Richard Petty, 200 wins. Uh, you know, Jeff Gordon back in the, you know, when he started racing in NASCAR in the 90s, you know, he had a lot to do with bringing NASCAR mainstream. You know, we saw yeah. him on Good Morning America. You know, he was always on the morning talk shows. Uh, you know, he was very charismatic. He could talk well, he could speak well, just the wins, the 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 duels he had with Dale Earnhardt. I don't know, he did a lot for our sport. Uh, I think the three championships he's had are four. I, I just, you know, I put him up there for uh and then uh you know Jimmy Johnson, I mean seven-time cup, you know, cup winner with, with Richard Petty yeah. and, and, and Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, and then David Pearson, the silver, silver Fox, you know, I think David Pearson has 105 NASCAR Cup Series wins. You got to put him up there in the top five. So I, I don't know. I just think Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, and, 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 and David Pearson are the five that come to mind, you know. So to, for me. For me, I got, a, I got the same five names, mm -hmm. but I got a different order. Okay. Here. I got Jimmy Johnson one. Okay. Um, and for me, why I put him number one is that think of all the format changes that they went through to win those titles. And he still found ways still to win won. titles. Yep. And they went through, they raced, what was it, Dominic? How many different cars did he race during his title runs? Three? Three. Um, incredible. I mean, they, they faced adversity head on and, and great competition. That's why I have him number one. I'll go Richard Petty, two, for 200 wins. Right. Jeff Gordon, three. I think Jeff Gordon had a better career than Richard Petty. Jeff Gordon was kind of victim of circumstance with, you know, if the playoff system were different, different he would have then been. he would have probably six or seven championships, but kind of just bad timing, and he was a big part of Jimmy Johnson's success. I got Gordon over Dale, and then I got David Pearson, five. Mm -hmm. Jim, uh, Dominic, what's your list? Man, I would say the only variation I'd have, and I'll say that for number five, Jimmy Johnson for all the reasons you listed. <laughs> Number one, because of the fact that he won all these different titles in different formats, different cars, different adversity. Him and Chad Knauss, like the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick of NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt, I would say number two, because like you're going to have your best drivers in different eras. But Dale Earnhardt, 
tended to be really consistent across his entire career. And I would put David Pearson as my number three because Pearson only ran a few full-time seasons. I believe it was six or seven full-time seasons, and he won a championship in three of them. Had he run a lot more full-time, I guarantee you Richard Petty would not have 200 wins. Pearson and Petty would probably be around 140, 150 apiece. I would put Richard Petty fourth because of that, the seven championships, 200 wins. And I, and I would put Pearson Jeff Gordon. Say it again. You have Pearson ahead of Petty. Absolutely, because Pearson ran a lot less. He ran a lot less races and had a higher winning percentage. And then with Tim Rich or uh, yeah, Tim Richmond and Jeff Gordon. I don't know. That would kind of be my my tie for a top five. Maybe even Davey Allison in there because Allison and Richmond. We didn't get to see their full potential, but the little bit we got to see, their five, six, seven years in the Cup Series, nothing but winning. Now, my counterpoint, though, on your Pearson-Petty argument, Dom, I mean, kind of like the the Tom Brady-Peyton Manning thing, doesn't Richard Petty get credit for the longevity? I mean, sure, but on the same token with that, too, and to kind of counter that, he raced at a time where there were maybe six competitive cars week in and week out, and they had 54 races a year. So I, I, I don't know. Okay. How about you, Caitlin? Uh, what would be your top five all time? All right. So first off, I got Jimmy for all the reasons you guys have already said. <laughs> also, just because I think he treats himself like a hard, cold stone athlete. Like he, <laughs> he was one of the really first drivers to kind of really push themselves. Or I guess Jeff Gordon would have been the first one that like really – understood the marketing aspect of what he needed to do but jimmy was the first one to be very vocal about treating your body well and like being a good athlete and like fighting that kind of stigma nascar has of like well the car does all the work uh then i got earnhardt and i have earnhardt ahead of petty because i think the intimidator just has he had so much more fight and I truly do believe if he hadn't died, he would have gone on to win potentially an eighth. So I truly, truly believe that. And then I have Petty because again, 200 wins. And while I do agree with Dominic that it wasn't over, like, yeah, you're just going to statistically have more wins when you're racing more than you do now and you're racing multiple times a week and you know not everybody can bring a competitive car to the track then i have daily davy allison because i again i truly believe had he not been taken he would have gone on to win i think at least two or three championships and would have been one of the most dominant drivers out there for decades and then i got jeff gordon because like I said before, he was one of the first drivers to kind of come in and really market himself as a driver and really started to show that, like, that intelligence of working with the media and working with sponsors. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Now, Here's a, here's a question I'd have for, for anybody here, uh, and then we'll move on to the, the, the next uh, question from the mailbag here. Um, of all the active drivers, who has got the best shot to end their career in this conversation? Is it a Kyle Busch? Is it you know Joey Logano? Both the, the, the two drivers with multiple titles right now. Is it a Chase Elliott or a Kyle Larson, or is it a Denny Hamlin potentially? What, what, what do you think, Caitlin? Who of, uh, of active drivers, who has the best shot, you think, to enter themselves in that 
all-time great conversation of the top five ever. I think Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson has shown us since coming back and being with Hendrick Motorsports that he just goes out and wins. And he had a little bit of a rough start at the beginning of the year, but he came back in the second half and was very dominant. Like, I know heading into the playoff talks, it was, oh, this is going to be Larson's year again. And even looking back at last season, it was no question that it was his year. And he, I mean, should he keep up that dominant run, which I see no reason why he wouldn't, I think he can, like, I think he can definitely go and get a second win or a second championship next year. And if not, like, like he's a Hall of Famer for sure. No doubt about it. And Chase, just because well, I like Chase. Well, Tyler, I think all those guys are, are, all those names you mentioned are Hall of Famers, okay? But to put them in the top five of the all-time best, you know what I mean? I, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's really one you have to really think about that question and I, and I guess I, I had to say at this point in time is Kyle Bush. And the reason why, re, that reasoning I say Kyle Bush, just because of all the NASCAR wins he has. You know, if you look at the wins he has in the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series, and, and I think it's over 100 wins right now. Over know. 200. Two, over 200, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. over 200, you know. So, uh, you know, you look at that as a whole. You know, those are impressive numbers. I mean, NASCAR, three national series, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I know Richard Petty didn't have an opportunity or David Pearson or those guys back in their era to run, you know, they had sportsmen. I think the sportsman series back then was like our Xfinity Bush series, you know, and then you had obviously Winston Cup back then was Sunday's race, but I, I don't know. I just think what Kyle, but the wins and the championships that Kyle Busch has, ha, has had uh, until date, I know there's more to come. I would have to put him, uh, he would want to, he, Kyle Busch would be one that I would have to consider somewhere in that top five. I think when his career is over with, he'll be in that top five somewhere. Uh, Dom, real quick, uh, who do you think's got the best shot to join that conversation? I'd agree with David for the reasons he said as well. The winning, the longevity that Kyle Busch has had in Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks, all the winning that he has done on a consistent basis, 200-plus wins across the National 3 Series, Kyle Busch has my vote. And and in all honesty, I think Kyle Busch still has time, too. I know that he's older now, but I think he's still got time ahead and can prove a lot of people wrong if he can get this figure out with RCR as well. So uh, that'll be something to watch for sure. Uh, last question, and then uh, we'll wrap up things. Uh, this is uh, from Cody. He wants to know, you guys have been doing the podcast for about two years now. It's about two years yeah. this month, actually. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How often do fans recognize you at the track or in public uh, for work you guys do with the show? Dominic, uh, I, actually, this is a very interesting question because – I am shocked that people do recognize us and stop us at the racetrack yes. everywhere we go. Oh, big time. The first time was at Phoenix and, and it was March of 2021. And, and I was with David. And after and we the show were, just started. And the show just started. Yeah, we'd been three months into it and, and spent some time with David at the track last Saturday. And and I was away from David and there was a guy that came up and he goes, I know who you are. You're, you're Dominic. You do the show with David Starr. I'm like, 
yeah, are you a fan of the show? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he starts like asking who some of the guests were going to be. And I told him I had a good lineup coming for the championship month in May and that sort of thing. But even beyond that, it's happened a few times. I've been with you, Tyler, at Texas Motor Speedway, and there's people that have recognized us or Phoenix Raceway. And it, it's pretty cool. I mean, how about you, Dave? Have people asked you about the, the podcast in person or, hey, I've seen your guys' podcast. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, it's kind of, it's, you know, Obviously, I've been a NASCAR driver for 25 years, so it's, you know, but, but you know, the fans, uh, you know, uh, you know, first of all, you're just, I'm, I'm honored and blessed that, to, to, you know, to think that you have a fan that follows you, uh, but to have them really watch our podcast, I've been really uh, impressed uh, with the, the, the amount of people that I find out over a year's time that are tuned into our podcast. You know, I don't know if they're tuned in every week. But, uh, you know, just, you know, when you're doing an autograph session, when you stop and, and talk to a fan and ask them where they're from and how long they've been a fan, who's their favorite driver, you know, they always say, hey, we love your podcast. You know, I'm always really impressed and kind of shocked that, you know, sometimes, I mean, we don't really know who's watching, you know what I mean? And uh, it's really cool that there are fans out there that are tuned into our podcast. It's always uh, very humbling and uh and it makes you feel good. You know, we, we love, you know, obviously we all, Caitlin, you included, we all love our sport of NASCAR racing, auto racing. And, and uh, you know, it's, and it's just, I don't know, it's to me, uh, I'm always so humbled to hear that somebody's watching our podcast. You know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm just normal working guy, you know, and, and we just talk about our love, our passion, and uh, and there's people out there that are listening to our insight. Now, yeah. I just feel very uh, humble for the, uh, about that. It always you know what I mean? it always surprises me when yeah. I run into people that are watching our show, and it's it's humbling and it's really cool. Caitlin, you were saying earlier that uh, where you go, people are always stopping you all the time and everything. Oh yeah, it's. Um, I feel like it has to do a little bit with the fact that it's a little bit smaller. So you do see a lot of the same people week in and week out. But yeah, there's a lot of times where it's like I'll go to even like uh, like the F1 race or the Indy race or IMSA here and people will stop and be like, like, hey, like you're at the IMSA race. So it's it definitely it's a tight knit community up here in Canada. But, you know, it, it is nice when you go to the track and, you know, you have uh, you're I'm managing the autograph session and people come up and they're like chatting me up and talking to me, asking me how like the series is going or how like my podcast is going and stuff like that. So it's like, it, it's, it's, it's very humbling when people come up to you and they're like, or they message you and they're like, like, Hey, like, do you have a chance to like catch up at Delaware or a track like this? Or like just trying to connect with you in whatever way possible. I think it's really cool. And a lot of the time I'm like, like you, you want my insight? You want you want to talk to me about this? Okay. Oh, that's cool. Sure, Caitlin. Uh, tell us about your podcast too. By the way, uh, not only are you working uh, with the Pinty series and and working in the communication side of that, of course, but uh, you do the you also uh, do a weekly uh, motorsports podcast as well. Uh, it's uh, bi-weekly to tri-weekly. We try to yeah. keep it as bi-weekly as possible, <laughs> but uh, it's called Racing It Out. Uh, we started it uh, just after Daytona, I think. Um, it's myself and uh, the TSN uh, 
pit road reporter for our series, Todd Lewis. He does a lot of other series as well. He's a good friend of mine. Um, and we bring, we go on and we talk about anything but racing. No on-track action mentioned besides like, oh yeah, this happened this weekend. It's all racing stories and discussions about you know, what goes on behind the scenes and how things work and, you know, our experiences with it and, you know, bringing on racers and people in the industry that are just there to talk about, you know, their experiences with life. And, you know, there we had um, a BMW driver, uh, Samantha Tan on as our first guest, and she came on and spoke about her experiences with racism because she's an um, Asian American driver and she, it, it's, really nice to kind of get those stories from people in our industry that do what we do and drive race cars that, you know, maybe didn't have an upbringing similar to, you know, the American dream or, you no. know, deal with different things on a daily basis than, you know, the average person would. So we, we talk about racing enough in our life. So we figured why not start a podcast and, kind of learn and we're big foodies too so uh we have a nice little segment where we always talk about what new restaurants we've been to and we ask all of our guests their favorite restaurants at their favorite tracks so it's well, a lot of fun well you can have david on anytime and he can tell you all about the olive garden and the house <laughs> and, and whataburger, whataburger. <laughs> oh, i had whataburger for the first time this year loved it oh man <laughs> well, I will say spicy ketchup is a game changer, right, Caitlin? That's uh, that's lunch every day. For <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, guys, uh, real quick, uh, before we go here, kind of around the room as we finish, Caitlin, uh, what do you got going on uh, this week in, in your world, Caitlin? This week, well, I just got back from PRI and the championship celebration. We had uh, – we gave Mark Antoine Cameron his championship ring, which I know he was very excited to finally receive. Um, so that was kind of cool. It was my first time being to PRI, which was really awesome. Uh, definitely will be going back next year. It was a really interesting experience to get to kind of kind of just be around people in racing from all different walks of life. And then uh, uh, back home for Christmas next Monday, and then, you know, 2023 starts in what – what day is it today? The 13th starts in three uh, weeks, two weeks. Three weeks yeah. <laughs> Man, that'll be here quick. Uh, Dominic, yeah. what's going on with you? Well, I'll be spending some time up in Santa Fe with my wife and my son. I know they're listening. Man, it's it's been a lot of fun seeing our little man grow. And shoot, guys, he's about five weeks old and he's already grown a few inches and he's picked up a few pounds since he was born. So it's really cool to see just the, the growth and the stages that they all go through at this age, man. It's it's pretty cool. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, little, little Christopher definitely yeah. got daddy's heartstrings. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, David, uh, you got some Christmas parties and stuff going on here? I mean, we, we, uh, we got our, uh, our Team Texas High Performance Dri Driving School Christmas party Friday night. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have it in Mark Takes Condo there at the Texas Motor Speedway. That ought to be a lot of fun. And then uh, Saturday night, me and my wife and my boys are going to a Christmas carol play. Looking forward to that. Uh, got some uh, some NASCAR sponsor meetings coming up next couple of days. So just uh, just a busy week, you know, trying to trying to wrap up some NASCAR business before Christmas gets here, so you can just really just enjoy. Christmas time, you know, but like Caitlin was saying, it's um, 
you know, the, our, our 23 seasons just right around the corner, you know, and uh, I'm excited about NASCAR racing for 2023, excited about what we'll announce coming up soon, uh, and uh, just looking forward to uh, Christmas and enjoying the, uh, bringing in the new year and then getting back to what we all love, and that's NASCAR racing, man. Can't can't wait, And uh, but man, Tyler, guys, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to indulge in all this holiday uh season and uh man I'm, I'm trying to eat me some sweet cookies and, and enjoy all the milkshakes all the christmas milkshakes and coffee drinks man it's awesome and eggnog you know, too right Dave? what's that and some eggnog too oh definitely some oh, eggnog you no know eggnog. absolutely no because man it, it again with blink of an eye and it's uh like 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 Caitlin said it's uh the season starting for us you yeah. know it's just right around the corner so uh but anyway, it's just a it's a it's a glorious time right now for everybody. And uh man, I, I just love this time. Christmas time's awesome. Oh yeah. I'm uh I'm staying here in town this week, got some events and different things to go to, but uh keeping it low key before uh all the family comes in town next weekend. So, so that's Dom, what I got going on here. So Dom, I just want to know when the uh the Jones report tour starts again. Oh uh, May. <laughs> no, I won't. Memorial yeah, Day canceled. It did no, get canceled, no, but no, I guess there's no, an encore. It got canceled, right? Yeah, uh, it got canceled, but I guess there's an encore performance in Santa Fe at the end of the year or something. You got to tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, Caitlin, what, what a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, before we go, plug away where people can find you. They can see your podcast, all the uh, all the stuff you're doing. Where can they connect with you? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a blast. Uh, love talking about the Penny Series. So uh, it was a joy to chat about it a little bit it's a little sad up here in Canada right now because all our tracks are covered in snow but um yeah uh people can follow me on uh Twitter Instagram at katepat96 um uh, and on TikTok um I try I try to do some racing theme TikTok sometimes I'm not great at it but I try um my podcast racing it out uh TikTok Instagram or not TikTok sorry Twitter Instagram and anywhere you kind of find your podcast, Racing It Out, and on social media, at Racing It Out. And then NASCAR Pinty Series, uh, Instagram at NASCAR underscore Pinty's underscore series, Twitter at NASCAR Pinty's, and then Facebook as well, at NASCAR Pinty's. So go check it out, and uh, maybe you'll find your new favorite series. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we got to find a find a favorite driver we can all root on. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, oh, Caitlin yeah, you have a plethora of them. Man, uh, just listening to you talk, and uh, you were talking earlier how many people recognize you. I, I, I believe uh, that here in the future, a lot of people are going to be recognizing you because I love your passion, your hard work you have, and your and the dedication you have to the sport, you know. And uh, so uh, it was a pleasure having you on our podcast, and, you know, happy holidays to you, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, happy holidays to you guys as well, and uh, hopefully I'll see you all in Daytona. Yes, absolutely. We'll definitely, we'll definitely see you in Daytona. And before we go to Tyler, just a reminder to all our fans, all our listeners, again, we have partnered with Olipop Beverages, and you can get 15% off your order at drinkolipop.com when you use the code Let's Go 15 or use the code David Star. All right, simple as that. David Star, star with two R's. Uh, <laughs> So that's the promo code there. We'll put the check and flag out on this episode. Big thanks, Caitlin Patrick, for joining us. Uh, as well as you, the listener, for stopping by as well. New episodes out each and every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. 
And uh, follow us on social media, uh, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter starpodcast, and you can email us, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. For David Starr and Dominic Comagon, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. See you next week.